scientific, my friend. When does it get better? Because that's not sustainable. The gas prices? Yeah. Mean? I mean, all of it, but the gas prices is probably... The gas... Find a better racket? Because everything in economics or supply always has a ripple effect. If gas prices are high, then foods can get higher. You know, so on and so forth. Yeah, well, the world moves on oil. All the boats, all the shit, all the... I was going to say ships, but boats and ships. Um, trucks... Everything, machines, forklifts. Well, forklifts are propane. That's different. But, but um, when does it end? Alex had a good theory. He said that they might be doing this. They, the infamous they, might be doing it because they lost so much in COVID. And I don't know what the hell they were thinking with the shutting the economy thing down. Uh, they probably didn't know what to do, honestly. But they did that, and then... Now maybe they're trying to recover by jacking up gas prices. Yeah. Plausible. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, so you want to record today? Yeah, why not? I hear you're working on it right now. Do you really? <laughs> Windows blown. But however you describe that sound. What sound are you hearing? Um, I don't think I can replicate it, but it's that kind of like a pop-up, right? Pop-up. Like, maybe like when the computer turns on. Oh, okay. oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, a little computer noise. Yeah, just that little. So you want to hit hard topics or just put in reps and just talk about? What hard topics should we discuss? There's a lot that's been going on lately. I well, mean, the Russia-Ukraine thing is always on the front line news. I'm tired of hearing about it already. What's the latest from Ukraine? Um, well, Russia, it seems, the way I see it, it seems like Russia and Ukraine are, like, are at the stalemate because Russia... It's been a month now. It seems like there's been kind of this this slow progress the last couple of weeks from when it originally started. There's been a lot of fighting around Kiev. Kiev is kind of like the key. It's the capital city, so there's some value and importance to, to getting control of it, especially if Zelensky and the rest of the you know leadership of that country is located there. Um, seems like the fighting has been kind of within the city limits, but it hasn't really breached inside the city as far as Russia getting in. Um, and and what else? It's just and Russians are taking high casualties, but it's just it's like a stalemate. I see a stalemate taking place. There's not much really progression that's gonna be it, it, it the way it looks, the way if it if it goes on any longer as it is, it's gonna be an occupation. And and I don't think Russia has a necessity to do that. And the Russians have taken more... Ca it's, they, they went into this thing. I don't even think the Russian troops even knew exactly what was at, you know, what was taking place and what was going on. 
I think so they the were Russians are very good at propaganda. I think they were fed a bunch of nonsense as far as what was going to be taking place and what's going on. And but yeah, you're right. There is a lot of propaganda from both sides, and it's very it's interesting because it's hard to it's hard to decipher what is take really what is going on, what's accurate, what's true, what is, and it's there's just been a lot of nonsense, especially in our news. Because the way I see how the news is taking place is like fueling, you know, adding to the flame, fueling the fire. You know, it's all sympathetic. It's emotional. You know, these poor Ukrainians. And yes, the poor Ukrainians. Because Russia's a cunt. Russia invaded them. But, and then there's like this big push, this sentimental push to do more, do more by the United States government. And... It seems like it's a dangerous route, and it well, seems like people to do with war is dangerous. Yeah, well, Russian <clears throat> war is justified. That's a whole conversation. What makes a justified war? Because you can make thousand reasons, un- unjustified reasons to go to war. This is one of them. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about the other day. Is like who was I talking to about Ukraine? And it's just like the general public, and we as a collective general public, were on board with Ukraine, which is part of Ukraine. And it's really weird because, like, that's at the surface level of people, like, say, who don't pay attention to any kind of news or politics, the kind of people who would not be able to show you a map and be like, here's Ukraine right here. Right. You know, those kinds of people. It's like you hear your buddies, like, Oh shit, did you hear that Russia invaded Ukraine? It's like, no way, that's crazy. And like, you see it on the news, you see it on social media about the, the big bad Russians are beating up on poor little Ukraine and they need help. But we don't want to go to war because obviously we don't want to go to war, but we want to help them. So support Ukraine. And then you have to see all the kinds of. There's a sentimental appeal that our news media is incorporating into this. And right. I'm, so that's what I was getting at. It's like, it almost could be anything because you don't know. You only know what you hear. So, and, and these people will go along with it because, well, I mean, honestly, they don't know any better. You just, and there's kind of nothing wrong with that. In a way, they're just naive. It's like, they don't know the history of Russia. And they don't know the history of the other European countries and NATO and America and Russia. In the whole last couple hundred years, and it's not like you should be for Russia, like pro Russia, but you know, and at the same time, it's kind of like another war that's happening somewhere in the world, and it's really nothing that the American population can get all up and riled riled up about. Right, we just pulled out of Afghanistan six months ago, and it seems like people forgot about that. Oh, they forgot about that. It's just that it's old news. It's in the past. It's history. Which is ridiculous. It, it's so fast now. Yes, it is ridiculous. Because it's still real. It still happened. Like, I mean, man, those guys are probably still getting used to being at home. And, but, you know, the news and what happens in the world goes, it moves quick. You know, and everybody else is caught up in their own lives anyways. And everything's moving quick. And, you know, that's, that's what's happening right now is Ukraine. 
what I'm thinking is like it's almost like there is a majority of the population that will go with what is said. And by what is said, I mean, of course, social media, but like let's say the news and radio to the people who are in their cars a lot listening to radio. You know, and they hear it, and, and you know, you hear good arguments. It's like, you know, these big bad Russians with their crazy armies and all their tanks and their special forces and all this stuff are going into peaceful little Ukraine who hasn't done anything and minding their own business. You know, you hear that, and your reaction to that is, wow, that's really messed up. Like, how dare they? That's wrong. And maybe it is. And then you get a little further into it, and this is like, and we want to support them, but we don't want to go to war. So we're going to send them money or ammunition, or weapons, or whatever it's going to be, you know. So here's a question. Like, yeah, yeah, we should do that. We should do that. It's like, so here's a question. They don't need to talk about Does that. sending $16 billion of military aid, equipment, body armor, helmets, ammunition in some cases, this was from, you know, certain uh, manufacturers, so not the government, but within that $16 billion, we've given them weapons and ammunition, and not to mention to I forgot how many billions of dollars that we sent to, over there um, with weapons of ammo. This is before the invasion started. But do you think that is direct? Well, do you think that's engaging in a conflict by supplying military aid to a force that's engaging with another force? I would call it participating. I would not sure. call it engaging because to engage is to, I mean, right. Know the exact definition you can't recite it, but, but there's an active participation in indirectly. Yeah. It's not a big part, but it's you're definitely putting your nose in somebody else's business when you're sending them weapons. Like, they're not sending me any weapons. I mean, I'm not in a fight, but it's like you don't just send people weapons randomly. If you're about to be invaded, here's a bunch of weapons, and then, you know, on the other side, the people who are about to invade, it's like, that's not cool. They didn't have any guns, it was about to be easy, and now you made it hard for me. And there's going to be a little bit of resentment there. Like, you help these people, I'm about to take them over, and you, you made them stronger instead of making my job harder. And there's going to be resentment. What I was saying about the news is, like, you know, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's COVID, what was it? Something else happened in between Ukraine and COVID. Or Ukraine and COVID. It's just, like, whatever it is. You know, the news, the TV. You know, nobody uses newspapers anymore. But just, like, all the different kinds of ways that people hear about things. You know, it's going to convince them, and they're going to go along with it. And it's always going to be that way. And if, if you were a person of influence, I don't mean social media, I mean like real influence, and you needed to make something happen, or you wanted something to be ignored, and you could just call for some favors and have something talked about or not talked about to the general public, it would be all too easy, and everybody would fall in line. And uh, as a, to make that argument a little bit stronger, when has there ever been a time where, let's say, the news stations, TV stations, have really pushed on something and everyone rejected it and no one believed it and no one went with what they said they should do? When has that ever happened? Never. Yeah. I don't know. That's, well... That's control. That is, by definition, that is control. I'm going to stop you from hearing about some things, and I'm going to tell you some other things, and you're going to feel about it the way I want you to feel about it. 
Yeah, psychological that's warfare. Exactly what happened. Well, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Yes, absolutely. That is what that is. And it seems like yeah. we are we are we are being manipulated in that fashion because it's one narrative to another. And it's just in the last two years. I mean, not a whole lot. It was COVID. It was Afghanistan. And now the whole Russia Ukraine thing. But the manip- so the biggest one was COVID. And now part you brush the Ukraine thing. Um, as far as the manipulation and what the media wants to portray to you to 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 dictate how you how you should think and feel and go about your life based on what the media wants to tell you. Yes. And then you get people in these these pinnacle matches against one another. Over this, over that, mask, lockdowns, this, boosters. Leave the kids alone. Get the kids vaccinated. All these personal, touchy things, and then you got people at odds with one another. Which I think if the media, if you just take the media out of it, I don't, like, if you go to the fucking store or you just talk with a random stranger public, it's not really all about that. No, not at all. But unless the narrative, you get some loudmouth people. But no, sure. But the, if the narrative is strong and it's in your face, then it's, oh no, we gotta do this thing. Just like so recently, COVID has been dwindling, dwindling down for quite some time, and just this week, and I think it's, I think for the most part in the army or the Department of Defense, the mass thing has been kind of lifted. I'm not sure because I see some pictures in some organizations in the military and the army. Where you have pictures, pe- people doing things together, no one's wearing a mask. And then in some other organizations, you got pictures of people, everyone wearing a mask. So I think that's under commander's discretion. But recently, all for the Army Reserve and all the units of Florida, we have been um, lifted up this mask mandate. So it was very funny because, like, I remember we were doing this hall in the hall meeting the other day, just this normal Monday get together and everyone talks about this is what I'm doing today and I'm wearing a mask and the female next to me is wearing a mask and I'm kind of looking around and the people that were wearing the mask 100% to the standard every day since it started are wearing masks I'm like like I missed something here and then it's like oh yeah just so you know we don't have to wear a mask anymore so I was just like okay cool but just funny it's interesting and I understand the military is a very different thing because Orders given out, you do as you're told, essentially, and it's kind of it. Different way yeah. of going about things. However, but it's really funny how it's it, it, the same thing happened within the states and the counties in the states. Oh, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. And then it's just like, everything's fine now. You don't have to wear a mask anymore because someone said it's okay. Well, bitch. Yeah. I don't think it, exactly. it's not supposed to work like that. Now, unfortunately, because we have allowed it to happen... Now, it's we've allowed it to happen, so therefore, those in power that implemented in the past, if you think that they wouldn't be willing to exercise that power again to dictate when you can leave your house, when there's a curfew, because something so scary or whatever, like it was basically a limited version of, like, even like in the early days of COVID, like martial law, everything was closed down. For the most part, there was a curfew. For the most part, 
but it was just this dictated thing. And then until Big Daddy said it was okay that you don't have to do this thing anymore, and then like now it's okay. And it's just it's very weird. But if you're the outlier, if you kind of question things, if you're kind of like, no, fuck this, like I'm not doing that because this is just kind of silly, then you're this kind of perceived outcast going outside the boundaries, outside the norm, then you get looked at weird, you get looked viewed funny and look look differently. It's weird. That's standard procedures. And of psychological warfare. Not even psychological warfare, just human behavior in society. Those who are different are shunned in a way because they're outside of the realm of what is known. They're in a place of chaos, sure. and they threaten the order of things. And, and the order of things is nice. Everything is the way that I expect it to be, and that's comforting. So when you have somebody who's like, the end of the world is coming, you're just like, that guy, that guy right there, he's weird, don't go near him, stay away from that guy. Right. You know, but, I mean, that's just an example. I mean, what is it really? It's the, the Trump supporters or the conspiracy theorists or the anti mask. My sister in law called me an anti masker one time in front of her boyfriend. Oh my I God. looked at her serious and I was like, don't ever say that to me again. Because I talk shit about masks and I do and I feel that way and I'll say it again, but I'm not an anti masker. If somebody wants to wear a mask, wear a mask. Sure. Should we be wearing masks? In my opinion, if it's time to wear a mask, we better be wearing masks that work. Because that was my whole knock on the whole mask thing. So surgical masks don't work for shit. Right. But I'm not against people wearing masks. Like, it does help. I just want people to be honest about it. It keeps you from talking and spitting on each other, which will reduce the transmission of contagious Ill disease, Ill illness or whatever, like cold or COVID. Like, okay, but let's be honest with ourselves. It's not going to protect you. It's going to reduce it. It's going to help a little bit. She called me an anti-mask. I was like, so, sit. Yeah, and it's yeah, like the, the cloth the cloth mask, the t-shirt. Um, I've seen some people in some instances like cover their face when they in, in a situation where they didn't have one. But it's like the N95 masks are the ones that only really work somewhat more efficiently. Anything yeah, below that, pretty- it's almost... I'm, ridiculous it's comical it's theater because it, it's 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 show it's it's just it's for, for show. show i was it's listening just... i was listening to a podcast recently of one of my favorite bands it's an awesome podcast but um it was an older episode back in like april may of 2020 so this is er, um, maybe a little later in it because it was very er, it was still i because april we were still pretty much locked down I think it was right after all that. But anyway, mid-2020, COVID stuff. And I just thought, I just remember they were talking about the whole mask thing. And they're just like, yeah, whether it really does something or not, I don't know. I'm going to wear a mask. Like, don't be an asshole. Just do it. Just be kind to others and make other people feel safe. And no, bitch. That's not how this fucking works, all right? If I don't, someone does not get to tell me to to do something or else or else meaning i can't go into a business and that's it don't want to jump on a tangent here but this corporate authoritarianism too in conjunction with the federal government where they had these businesses and enforcing this this rule and this standard to to wear this mask or else and it's become like this this social um status thing almost 
but it's really funny how they're having this conversation where I don't know. I'm not a scientist. It may or may not work. It seems like it might, but you know, just, just don't be the asshole. Just, just do it. And like, no, like that's, that's not how this works. Now, if you're a private business and a private business, liberty, freedom, if you don't want me coming to your business because X, Y, and Z, then that's whatever. That's fine. Right. I'll go take myself somewhere else. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to conform to this ideology where I'm just going to wear it just because it looks nice and it makes you feel better. Um, this world is not meant to make you feel better. So if you, have, if you feel a certain way about this, you can exit yourself from the situation and go about your business somewhere else. I don't, I think personal decision, right? I still see, I still see people to this gym because the Florida abandoned the whole mask mandate two years ago, but it was up to the, to the it was up to probably, uh, I want to say about a year ago, maybe just a little, a little longer than a year ago. It was the county, individual counties where they finally lifted it. Cause here in Broward, I was still wearing a mask for a while and um, but people to this day, I see onesies, twosies wearing masks still, and that's fine. I kind of, I'll, I will make a little mental note in my head and kind of laugh at you silly. But if that's what you want to do, and if you personally feel that's going to better you or whatever, then that's fine. But don't enforce that upon me and say, do your part because it's for the greater good of everyone else by you doing this thing because it's not and it goes back to this whole science thing like we need to be transparent we need to be true and it seems like well now it's pretty clear that it's all horseshit like the mask thing like unless you're wearing an N95 mask you're not doing anything it was like a social status thing I don't know about social status but it's more like social inclusion is what I would say it's like with the whole um or else part that's where you have to draw the line because somebody wants to say like just do it just make people feel comfortable just do it because everybody's doing it like that's okay they can say that and that's actually a true statement but the part where they say or else is where you have to stop them because what should happen is if you don't want to wear a mask and you don't wear a mask out in public with everybody else who is wearing a mask then they're just going to shun you and they're not going to like you, and they might be a little bit nasty to you. And that's all fine and dandy. But nobody should be like, I mean, okay, private businesses and people's homes can tell you to leave. But nobody should be like, here's a ticket. Or you're not allowed to use yeah, the if, grocery stores or Walmart, stuff like that. Like, let people hate. Let them hate and shame and just make your time uncomfortable. That's okay. That's just social pressure for the way that things are. And that's normal. That's what people normally do. Yeah. But you can't say, I'm going to force you to do this, or I'm going to remove your privileges or your rights, or I'm going to do something to you. I mean, just the shame and the, the nasty looks and things like that, that's the way that it should be. Because that's the way that people teach each other how people want to be treated in public. Like, you don't sneeze on people, just in general. Like, I just ironic because we're talking about COVID. You don't sneeze on people. You don't cuss in public, like, in a really bad way. You don't talk all loud on your phone. You don't play your speakers out loud. Like, it's just some things in public you don't do. And people, some people will do it anyways. And there's no law against it. But you're going to get some looks. And maybe somebody tell you, like, hey, turn your shit off. 
you know, but that's it. That's it. Okay. But nobody's going to knock on your door. Nobody's going to give you a ticket. Nobody's going to tell you you can't do shit. That's how it is. Yeah. If Walmart wants to be like, hey, no shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service, whatever. But now if it's a conjunction of the federal government putting pressure and coercion on these businesses to do these certain things, then that yeah. is authoritative, authoritative, authoritarian, authoritative, wrong, indecent, and that shouldn't be. Federal government should not play a role in that. And that's kind of weird with like this kind of corporate authoritarianism, whether it's Walmart, McDonald's, or these tech companies where you kind of seeing this weird kind of collusion with each other with co the control of information being dispersed right. and the control of behavior. Don't come in here unless you wear a mask. Or how they tried is you can't work here unless you're vaccinated. And they were pretty, pretty good and pretty sneaky about it. Like, it wasn't a federal mandate. It was an OSHA mandate. But it was one of two criteria. Get this vaccine, or you can't work here. Or you can get tested weekly or every day. And that's that. It's OSHA not a force. Was that? OSHA is still... A way, in a way, as authoritarian as the government making the yeah, it's a it, law. That's wrong. If OSHA, because this is what like McDonald's are McDonald's. If McDonald's itself says for our own personal private business health reasons you have to get a vaccine or don't work here, that's different because they're talking about their standards of health for their employees. But OSHA is something separate. It's something outside, third party of the corporation telling you you need to do that. That's wrong. Because it's also on McDonald's. Because maybe McDonald's doesn't want to do that. And McDonald's should have the freedom to be like, no, it's okay. If they say it's okay. Or not okay. Because it's their business. Or maybe even individual locations. But OSHA telling everyone, not just like individual corporations on a case-by-case -case basis, but just everyone that this has to work this way. For what was it? Businesses with more than a certain number of people. Yeah, over 100, 100 employers or more. They it's had, a lot. It's a lot. Well, it's not even a lot. It really isn't. Well, I mean, like, there's a lot. How many businesses have over 100 employees or more? I would say probably a lot. Is it locations or through the whole chain of businesses? I think. If you're talking about per location. I don't think Target has 100 people. Um, That's a good question. I don't, mm, I don't know. That's a good one. Good distinction. But if you go to a corporate building with, like, 30 stories and maybe 40 people working on each floor that whole building needs to be vaccinated because that's an office building for a corporation. And, you know, all corporate headquarters, too. And, you know, if you piss off the corporate bigwigs, like, well, we had to get vaccinated. That means everybody else should, too, because it's not fair. And it's not fair. But, you know, that's a good conversation about authority and where, where you draw the line on your rules. Because freedom, essentially, we're having a conversation about freedom. The government should not be imposing so much on you. I mean, when you're protecting people from each other, like laws about, like, say, violence or crime, that's reasonable. When you're talking about, like, rules for business, I mean, you better be, like, saving the trees with your rules or something, or you shouldn't be making them. Like, you really have to be doing good with the rules that you put on people, or you should, like, minimum, the minimum amount of rules. 
Like, you don't want people stealing stuff from other people. Like, that's a good law. Don't steal. Fundamental. Ten commandments. Don't take shit from other people. They say you have to be vaccinated. That's just weird. I mean... Yeah, um... I'm reading some things right now. Um... Let's see. Private businesses with uh, with 100 or more employees would have been required to either be fully vaccinated or submit weekly testing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I always thought it was like whatever it is, like as a corporation, whatever business. Um, pizza, like Pizza Hut's a chain. There's more than 100 employees in there. Therefore, yes, Pizza but... Hut as a whole. That's how I perceive it. Here's an interesting it. idea about it. Because I personally can buy, a, okay, I don't know about pizza, but Domino's. And I can have my own Domino's, slap the corporate label on it, everybody has uniforms, but it's my business as a franchise in a brand, chain of franchises yeah. beholden to a corporation. So it, that's legal business structures. And that is interesting. That's a something you would have to research and I still think that that's too much for an outside party to tell a business or corporation that they have to do something like no it's very yeah it's very weird because it's like since day one it's like this big this big stranglehold on smaller businesses since the shutdown since the comeback or since the reopening of things but with very with high limitations and you know, if pe- not enough people are wearing masks inside a gym, and it's been observed as such, because now you got compliance, complete making the rounds, um, enforcing the standard, the quote unquote standard. And if it's like, hey, you know, people aren't wearing masks inside your business, fifty thousand dollar fine, and then that's where you get retaliation because I remember when I first came down here and I was in, you know, one of the gyms here for the first time, and suddenly she was very stern borderline kind of rude but i kind of get it because she's like we've been fined like several thousand dollars we were just fined fifty thousand dollars last month because people aren't wearing masks i had my mask on that's why she was came, coming up and like addressing me about it and i was just like oh shit all right my like damn all right but i but you know this hurt on these businesses and this yeah. kind of continued effort until january right. is when the supreme court kind of smacked it down because you have a system that's making a rule, and anybody who doesn't follow that system's rule, just because they feel like it, it's not just because they feel like it, it's because they don't make everything. Well, but that's be- what it feels. It's like just because you feel like it, you can make a rule, and you employ people, and you send them around, and then you give me a piece of paper, and then I have to pay you money because I didn't follow your rule. And if I don't pay your piece of paper, then you're going to close, then you can get another piece of paper saying I can't have a business anymore. Yeah. That's messed up. And if I still don't comply, you're going to repossess it or put me in jail. That's really not okay. Yeah. Especially with this, just such double standards and hypocrisies about the whole deal. And I remember when COVID started, they're like, everybody's going to die. <laughs> and it just didn't happen that way. I mean, obviously, a lot of people died, but they made it seem like a goddamn apocalypse. Yeah. Like, they were like, this is like a zombie apocalypse. They're just not zombies, they're sick people. It didn't happen that way. Because if it did, I mean, if it had like a 50% mortality rate like Ebola, I wouldn't be complaining about these rules. I might even say we need better rules. But it's not. 
It's like a flu. It is I, serious. People do die. I you think have in, to like, have a balance. I think in a situation like that, like I, I do agree. Yeah. Um, if it was more severe, but if it, even if it wasn't the case for what was most severe, if the media and people, reporters, the people doing their due diligence to seek information out and provide the most accurate, non-biased approach of information, I think people would take, assess that situation and probably, for the most part, if for their own health and concern, they would probably take the best course of action. And I think it just kind of needs to be left at that. If it was as serious as things like Ebola or if it had a 50% mortality rate, if this was the Black Plague, you wouldn't have to tell people to take necessary precautions. People would automatically just see repercussions of people and actions they've taken and be like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to do everything to stay away from it. You wouldn't have to tell people because the fear just by observation, it's already enough. I just think it's it's best to provide the best information possible and not go into this this martial, uh, martial law lockdown type of style. Like, I think... And like Ukraine is in a martial law lockdown, and they have been since Russia invaded. Now, right. it's justifiable to certain means where the government party is like, we don't want civilians caught in the crossfire. We want people to stay out of the conflict. There's bad things going on. There's bombs. There's whatever. There's military options, op, op, operations taking place. Stay out of the area. That makes sense to a certain degree. However, the, the, like that has to be careful with the exercise of power at the state and the federal level. And I would just argue at the federal level, that should never be a thing, and that should be exercised at the state level. But people don't need to be like, um, I, don't, I don't know, I just feel like people, uh, on certain observations, certain things. Now, war is very different, right? If you're, You can be like, stay away from this area military op operations taking place. And if you, you're going to have people probably wanting to take a look at it nowadays with phones and everyone's reporting nowadays, people are going to want to record it. Just like if there's a fight in the street, everyone's in their business recording it. Now it would make sense to be like, you know, it's military operations. There's, this is a no-go zone, but I don't know. There has to be an unnecessary execution of power that is limited to a degree it has to be practiced necessarily and that's hard but like i said i think at the federal level that should have never been a thing the federal government can be like here's our guidance and our wishes by the states to do these things this is what we're going to do this is what we suggest then that's it if states want to go full on lockdown and do crazy authoritarian stuff i don't know i think that should be left to the state level and i think we kind of yeah, it is complicated. And and I think what we saw over the past couple of years, certain states locked down, stayed locked down, had heavy mandates. Some, for the, a few for the most part, did not. And people flocked away from those that were heavily locked down and heavily restricted and left to the places that weren't. So... I think the human desire for freedom is always a thing. Yeah. Despite what people were asking for or advocating for, or the government should do more, and DeSantis is killing people because he left the state open and left everyone to make their own decision. It's really, I don't know. I feel like people 
That's particulars, and you're going to get some nasty things when you get down to the particulars. Yeah. Think about the governors and the mayors and their individual decisions for whatever motivated them to make those decisions and the results and, and the deaths that resulted as a consequence of their decisions. That's some nasty stuff. But, like, generally speaking, the theory of it all is they use the media, they use the federal government, they use federal agencies, or, or, or how would you say this, organizations, things like the CDC, what would you call that, the agency? Yeah, they're a federal or, agency. Okay, so, like, federal agencies, and then the state governments and all of those things, and they created um, tyranny, essentially. And, you know, sometimes that may be necessary. Like we were saying, if it was like a 50% mortality rate, I mean, and at that point, people, like you said, would just know what to do. Like, don't go outside, but you at the same time have to make sure that, you know, you lock down the idiots who go and make very stupid decisions because you're always going to have village idiots. Right. Yeah, you can always have those people when a hurricane comes to Florida. You always have the people when the news and the um, states and federal or local government comes out and says, hey, stay away from the beaches because this hurricane, you know, the outer tips of it is touching Florida now. So, like, the way, like, don't go swimming in the water. There's all this risk, and you'll go out to sea, and you'll die. And there'll be people that still do that. And, however, I think you can put out all you – the government has no liability over the individual. And I think they probably have a liability to a point where – Hey, we did our part. We warned you. You made these decisions and fucked up. That's your fault at this point. It's like tell. It's like tell. It's like I don't know. You have kids, so maybe you can elaborate on this. If you're cooking, they're a little older now, so they they're wiser at this point. But a younger kid, kids are curious. And you're cooking. Oh, yeah. They always want to do certain things. Like same thing with dogs. They want to touch certain things or just 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 cut close to things that 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 could hurt them or harm them in in certain ways. Like touching a hot stove, like hey, don't do that. That's gonna hurt you. Don't do that. But there's they're kind of enticed based on curiosity to to find out for themselves when they don't really know what they're they they just want they want I don't know how to describe it. They just want to know or they just want to touch that thing. They want to touch the big red button. They want to touch that hot plate. And then they t- and then it's like hey, I warned you. Don't do this. Don't do this. Oh shit, you touched it. Now they're crying. Well, now you learn, bitch. Like like like. <laughs> And there's certain limitations to that, right? Like you don't, if you, you would pull your kid from getting too close to the street if you're walking down a busy street oh, yeah. along a highway, like right, like that's that's a that's an elevated risk. That risk assessment is significantly high because there's cars driving by, forty plus mile an hour, death is imminent at that point. But touching a hot stove, yeah, you might burn yourself a bit, and it's gonna suck and they're gonna cry, but they're gonna learn. I've told them not to do that when they were really little, and I'll pick them up and show them like fire, because like if they touch the pan that's on the stove, they'll get blisters from it. So I'll show them the fire and stuff, and you can tell like they're still curious, and right? They're still not motivated to stay away from it. So like I'll hold their hand like over the pan, and it gets like really hot. Like they're not burned or anything like that. They, they know that it's going to be a nice little way that you tell them too. And they won't mess with it anymore. And I think I might have shown them, like, knives are sharp. Don't touch knives. Because the kid with a cut is a lot worse than the kid with a little burn. Like, you know, 
hot cocoa to burn yourself a little bit. I'm pretty sure I might have cut my finger and showed them, like, look, I'm, I'm bleeding now. That's not, that's very sharp. You don't, they know what blood is. They know the pain that comes with blood, and you show them and stuff like that. It's very um, circumstantial because, you know, sometimes, like, the street things, just, just keep them away from the street, and you got to tell them and tell them in such a way where they understand the level of seriousness that comes with staying away from the road. Right, you yes. repair the road. Like, you don't, like, what is it? Like, you got to prepare them for the, the road for the that's road, ahead. Not the road for the kid. Yeah. It's prepare the kid for the road, not the road for the kid. And that's kind of like parental archetype um, deal, which is like, you have the eatable mother and the good mother. The eatable mother is the one who prepares the road for the kid, and the kid can't handle it. And then there's, I mean, the same thing in like a different flavor is the father who doesn't encourage and give confidence to their child or kind of teaches them skills so that they're not confident, so that they're full of fear, and then they go out and they can't do things. They're incompetent, basically. You know, and then there's, there's polarities. Like, good father, bad father, wise king, the tyrannical king, the beautiful mother, the good mother. There's all those things. And that's exactly what I had this conversation today with my coworker. I told him my little theory of how I do politics because we were talking about, I realized we were having a very lefty conversation. And we're just like, yep, that's right. That's right. This kid's totally left, and so am I, and that's fine. But so the, the left of politics is like a mother, it has the role of a mother. And the right has the role of the father in that the left wants to take care of people. Like, let's say orphans. Like, you can't just let orphans out on the street to just die or get, you know, like, uh, abused in some kind of a way. Or just, you know, you can't just let that happen. You have to do something about the orphans. And what about people who, say, lose their legs, whether it be, like, at war or at work? Or in a car accident, yep. like you have to have, you have to take care of people, and some people need to be taken care of. Sure, get out that necessary balance. This. So there's there's a, there's a two polarities to it, right? There's a good mother and an evil mother. Evil mother that comes in when you have somebody who wants to abuse your kindness and take all of the benefits that the state, let's say the state wants to give to a person for a re- like fraud, like. Um, Claiming you need food stamps when you don't, like maybe under a false name or something like that, then having a bunch of money and spending and using the state's money on food when you have a job and you're just getting it for free food, like that person is committing a crime and they need to be charged and tried for their crimes. That's not okay. Right. Yeah. And the left is and, like, oh, go ahead, finish. Because it goes both ways and you have to be balanced and you have to know. Right. It's like riding a wave. It's not solid ground. It's, it's not always going to be the same. You're going to have to make adjustments. You have to change. And then the right is like a father in a way where you have to be rough with your kids in a sense. Okay? You're going to lose. And losing sucks. But it's not about winning the game. It's about winning across a set of games. Because one way to teach a kid to be okay with losing is you play a game with them and they lose. 
and they get real frustrated, whatever, however a kid reacts. And you play like 10 more games with them, and they win some and they lose some. And there's that famous saying, win some and you lose some. Right. And that's okay. And that helps them with confidence. Yep. And you also have to make sure that somebody else doesn't come in and step on their opportunities. Because, you know, before, like, let's say you were really intelligent and very industrious. That's a successful person in our society today. Before, it's like, no, you're going to go and farm wheat. That's what you're going to do, and you're going to stay there. Yep. We don't have those kinds of societies normally in America anymore. And so you have many opportunities. And, you know, you make sure that you just take care of the kid so he can handle the road. And then the bad side of the, the father-ish kind of way is like, um, let's say, not helping people who need help. It's just like, no, you can't have these social programs because you need to work for it. If you can't do it, if your legs are broken, then that's too bad for you. You have to set it out. Or like, let's say, you have to be an engineer and you don't have a choice. You know, it's tyrannical. Or, you know, there's, there's plenty of ways that governments get tyrannical. These are the two different sides to it. Sage King and the tyrannical king. Sage King is, you know, he wants to be better and wiser, and he wants everybody around him to be better and wiser, and for everybody to reach their maximum potential. That's kind of the end goal. And and that's the way that it is, basically. And uh, that's you have to have a balance in, like, let's say, a political system between the mother and father. But it's a trio. Make them like the Holy Ghost. I mean, these people, it's an idea. It's an abstract idea of three right. things, right? The father, the mother, and the individual is what it would be. Not necessarily. But the individual is those who are outside the system, existing as individuals under the political system. So that's the citizen. That's the pedestrians, the civilians. Those are the normal people. And they're supposed to keep the political system in check. Like, this is not okay. You can't do this anymore. Or we need to do something about this issue. Or I, we think it would be good if we did something like this. And you have to have a good relationship between those three. And right now, America is like two parents that are fighting and won't get a divorce and they just won't stop fucking fighting and they're they're separated now. They're they're but they're in the same house and they won't stop fighting and you have like suffering children. That's what America is like right now and it's not okay. You have to have a balance. You have to have a good relationship. There's a number one thing that I feel personally is not understood in politics or in society is that conservatives and I don't know what you were to use for the other ones. I mean, everybody says liberal, but I don't know if that's the right word for it. Need to be cooperative. They have to work together in order to have the greatest outcomes. You have to have partnership between those two people. Political parties should not be conservatives versus the left. It should be a balance of, of mixed. Right. That's what political parties you need to have a healthy yeah, balance of ideology. Left on one side, I don't know if ideology is the word used, but a healthy balance, yes. But now we have all the left on one side and all the right on the other side. And really get a lot opposite, so of course not. Because they're separate factions. They're not on the same team, so of course they're going to fight. Because one 
wants one thing on an issue and one wants the other on an issue. But if you had political parties that were mixed and balanced, then what does any married couple do? They just, you know, they talk about it and they figure out how they handle situations and what they're going to do about something. And they make decisions together and they work as a team, a partnership, a good marriage, a healthy marriage. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. You need that equal distribution information. That's why suppressing speech and suppressing speech in general is is bad because you need to see all sides of argument. You need to see the good and the bad, and then you need to have it's like Marcus and capitalism for the regulated self, or just businesses or whatever. If you don't, if you don't like Facebook, and Facebook's engaging in shady shit and doing censorship, eventually you're gonna have the uh, um, competition and you need that competition when it comes to speech or just ideologies if someone says something like whatever something crazy and you're like hey that's not that's not necessarily right like you shouldn't be saying that and then you bring in a different perspective you might change you most likely might change their mind um yeah um politics you need that have that healthy balance of democrat and republican whatever the fuck that means but just this liberalism and conservatism and libertarianism and right now i think that the united states government or our our, our government our constitution our political system right now needs some medicine i think it needs a heavy dose of libertarianism to to really balance things out and right and right now it's i don't know like I, I think if you get if you had someone like a Dave Smith that's coming in that wants to have a necessary structured border system that wants to extremely heavily decentralize the federal government and scale it back, bring more powers to the states and let states states dictate themselves more, individualism, free market. Um. I think that would it would it would it would change things so drastically, but I think it would be absolutely necessary. And going forward, if you had all three arguments, if you just let the Libertarian Party have a platform, and real and just really, I don't know by popularity, if they had a platform, then maybe you might really drive someone to the White House that is a Libertarian. It would be a healthy dose of medicine that's going to change things, and because you need that, you need. You need, you need that kind of conservative hardship, and you need that kind of left-leaning liberalism. That's a little more kind. That's a little more social collective in a way. Passion. Passion. But that is a socialism because I disagree with that. And but that 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 little bit balance, and then you get the libertarian that comes in and be like, "Hey, what you're doing is fucked up, and what you're doing is fucked up." And here's something that's kind of more moderate, and I'm gonna fucking take the wheel on this. And then a few years later, you get some, you know, that someone that's a little more conservative, that's a little more, I don't want to say authoritarianism, but a little with a little more authority, and like, hey, we're gonna do this now. We're gonna we're gonna change it up a little bit. And then maybe you get some someone that's on the left that's kind of like, uh, we're gonna make change this in a more liberal point of view. And then you get the the libertarian that comes in that's just like, we're kind of moving away from the constitution of freedom. Let's scale it back a little bit. You need that healthy dose and that healthy cycle and that healthy argument and ideas. I think most people 
are very modern, very libertarian. Um, this is a point of conversation where you and I normally get to, which is talking about systems of government and what will be a more effective system of government because you have to have both of those. Four years is too short. If you had the same dude getting reelected, he only had eight years. It's not long enough. But you need more than one view and all those things, and there has to be a more efficient way to do it. Do you think four years uh, or eight years is too short? I think it's I too think short in the enough. sense. I think it's too short in the sense that we put so much expectation and emphasis on the executive branch of government, which I don't think that should be a thing. We need to move away from that, and therefore, if the federal government becomes more less relevant. And then the office of the presidency becomes less powerful slash less relevant. Not that it's completely taken out of the situation. It has an important value. I just think it just if we stop looking at all of our problems to be looking at the president in 2020, 2024, but leaving more to the states and individualism, I think that would be a healthier reverse approach to what I believe things used to be. I don't know. It wasn't alive 100 years ago, 150 years ago. But I think that was kind of more... Well, having one person to run the country is a stupid idea anyway. Yes. And that's why you have the three branches of government. You have the legislative branch. You have five, 435. Get this much. Is it 435 and then 100 senators? I think it's 535 total. Yeah. And then you got these representatives to do these things. And then if you leave it up to the states and then put more power into these representatives to, to, to represent – and dictate, dictate, think, not dictate, but just lead things more at a state level as opposed to the federal level. Because, like, now, like, it's crazy because then you get these presidents that come in. How many executive orders did Trump sign when he first came in office? I think it was a couple dozen. It was somewhere between 10 and 20, I believe, like his first couple weeks in. And then Biden, his first couple weeks in was about a dozen. But then the first month, I think, went up to, it was, it was, I think it was like in the 50s. If you have presidents signing executive orders that reverse the executive orders <laughs> of a previous president, your system is wrong. Yeah, it's not you working efficiently. You're supposed to be getting better. And if you have every president reversing the work of the last president, your country will fail. He's one step forward and, like, how did you say, a few dozen steps back. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's, that's... But I have to go in a minute, but I wanted to tell you this anecdote. Me and my buddy were talking about um, economy. We were talking about gentrification and growth economies. And he was like, yeah, but what about like in Africa where there's mines that make shit ton of money and the people over there are crazy poor? And I was like, this is a good example. So the farthest left kind of a person on the political spectrum would say that the company should make no profit at all because the company and the pro the profit of the company is theft of the labor. And let's say that mine makes a lot of money. All of that money should be divided equally amongst everybody who is a part of the mining company. And those people would be rich, especially in a poor part of Africa. They would be living like kings. Only they wouldn't because they'd be working really hard every day but their bank accounts, if they have bank accounts, would be fat and healthy. Right. Now, a person who is farthest right on the political spectrum would say that if you go there and you start a mining company, you only have to pay your employees competitive rates, which at the bottom line, when 
no one has any work, you don't have to pay them any more than it takes to keep them coming back to work, whatever that is. Dirt, low, slave wages, and you keep every cent of profit for yourself as much as you can. As little regulations as possible. If the employees are dying, it's okay if you get more employees to replace them. Like, that's the farthest right as possible. That's anarcho-capitalism. And then total communism, which is everybody is equal in the company, which is really hard when you have a large number of people in the company because of the whole dem democracy thing. Yeah. That's how left and right view economics, I, as I understand it, I could be totally wrong. And so what's the right answer? Because he's also like, yeah, and they have child labor. I was like, they have child labor because their government doesn't have laws against child labor and the American government does, but the American government can't govern the actions of American citizens operating in other countries with businesses that belong to other countries, even if they own them. Right. And anarcho-capitalism, if it's not against the rules, then it's okay. Even if somewhere else in a better place has those rules, those rules aren't here, and I don't have to follow them. Out of sight, out of mind. Evil, greedy, greedy <laughs> shit that people do. And that's why people will say um, predatory capitalist colonialism colonization because it's predatory capitalism and it's colonizing because you go you're taking all the wealth and resources of rich and wealthy people from one country a first world country taking them all the way to a place with like let's say untapped resources and third world living situations where you could bring in the most advanced machines and all of the epicness of first world business to bear on untapped resources. It's a daydream. It's, it's the best thing you could possibly do. But Right, and that should, be, that should be illegal because if we are a country of morals and just, uh, ju uh, moral and justice, um, and we have these we laws here, then those laws should be like, hey, because right. we have these laws here, you cannot, they have to be applied the same in those other countries. Despite those countries' laws, you cannot hire someone that is 12 years old, even if you're, if you're running a Walmart in China. That should be a corp. Because we have these laws and we don't allow it here, you shouldn't allow it over there. And yeah. That, yeah. Right. Capitalism can also, be crony under necessary regulation that isn't over intruding in a way. It can be a necessary. I mean, it'll, it'll function necessary. I mean, like we have child labor laws. We have maximum um, hours that you can work away. Money capitalism is like all the people who are in the market at the highest levels are helping other people at the highest levels of the market to keep everything in the. Because crony is like a word for friend, so it's like all the old people who have always been in the business who are just like. But I, it's it would be the best possible thing that you could do for an African country if you went there did exactly what we talked about, but all the people who you who are working for you, if you paid them really well, because the wealth that is being generated and essentially exported to people who could use them, because it within a growth economy that's so low, not developed, you probably couldn't use the amount of resources that you're pulling out of mines. But, the, but you're still doing the work. You're still making the profit, even if it's all export. But if you keep the wealth that's being generated by the mine, in the local population around the mine whose workforce is operating the mine, then the people there 
will become more wealthy. They'll have more money to spend. There will be other people in proximity to this mind who will say, I have a lot more customers. I can do more business. I can open a second business. I can do it. A person who doesn't have a business, I can I can use this as an opportunity to start a business because there are lots of people with money who are in demand of a service or a good. And then that economy in that area develops. It's the best thing that you could do, but people are greedy and they're going to keep it all for themselves and just add more wealth to, I mean, in our example, it's, it's America, but wherever, like it doesn't even matter if it's America, like maybe it's China and they're doing the same thing. It's still evil. Yep. If you if you went to a place and said, look at all of the machinery, the technology, all of the different methods that we have, and we're going to have safety, and we're going to give you most of the profit. Like, honestly, you can be happy with less profit as a CEO or owner of a business. You don't have to have it all for yourself, which is kind of like what the communists are getting at. But it doesn't mean you can't have profit or even be rich. That's fine. But you have to treat your people good. You have to treat your people good. And if you make them wealthy, it's only going to be better for the world, which is, you know, but nobody does that. Nobody who's in big business cares about what good they're doing for the world. But if you went there and you weren't greedy and you paid those people really well, you'd be doing a service to a place that's poor and yeah. you'd be making them wealthy. And it's a balance because, you know, you can't not be rich. You can't just like give all of the profit to those people. You have to have some for yourself. That's how you started a mine in the first place. Is by having the means to do it, the capital to start it. But yeah. you can't give those people slave wages. That's cruel. It's evil. Nope. And the best way to avoid all that horseshit is to bring jobs back here and heavily limit businesses from doing business in other countries where those laws aren't applicable. Because we know what they'll get away with over there versus over here where they can't get away with it. But you make it more financially incentive, make it a incentivization to come back here. And then, because we lost a lot of businesses, then you're going to grow the communities. Things might be That's more expensive, well. but I think in the long run, it'll work out better. But grow the economy here. Yeah. All right. I got to go. <laughs> All right. That's cool. I'll ramble on but for a little longer. Yeah, no, sounds good. I'll ramble on for a little longer and then I'll publish this episode here before I go to sleep. <laughs> nice. All right, man. All right. I'll talk to you it. later. Later. All right. Oliver is off now. We're back into this shit again. As I <clears throat> restructured my schedule and day-to-day operations to facilitate this with him and I going back to daily conversations every other day, however we're going to do it, but more often than not. Um, yeah, because I've tried doing this alone, and I've spouted my nonsense into a microphone by myself, and it's difficult, and it's hard, and it's better to have a very another intelligent person in, in the room to have a conversation with, like Oliver. So we're going back at it. But I'm going to kind of spew out some more bullshit before I end this episode. Um, I talk on some other important things that's been happening. Russia and Ukraine. This is more front of the news the last month. And every other day, it's something different. And I'm, and I'm really, I feel like it's very propagandized. And there's a lot of very conflated information to, to appeal to a mindset, to push a narrative. 
And I think that is to appeal to the sympathy of the Ukrainians. Russia's a cunt for invading. Ukraine has every right to defend itself. However, the United States, in my opinion, has no business in this shit whatsoever. I've had arguments with people and people stating words to the effect of how we need to be more involved, we need to be actively engaged in this process with Russia and Ukraine. Why don't you want to help them? There's people dying over there. I get that. There's people dying everywhere. You have the Uyghur Muslims in China. You have slave labor, slavery that's taking place in places like Libya. You have the war in Yemen. You have whatever the Taliban is doing now since they've come into power, as we noticed that they barred children and women from going to certain schools or practicing certain things as opposed to what they were accustomed to since our occupation of more Western culture, more inclusiveness as women and children have every rights as everyone else to participate in everyday lifestyle, but no, the Taliban's reversing that. So there's all this, this atrocities going on around the world, and there's all kinds of wars going on around the world. But just because we focus on one thing, and we see that's this one thing that's so relevant, and it's the only thing that's taking place. No, it's not, bitch. There's other things going on around the world. There's other th bad things, and pick and choose. If we're going to go down the list of all these bad things that are taking place around the world and what our involvement is in that, well, we'd be dead. Because we there's there's what are you gonna do invade all these different territories and getting involved in all these different things that are going on, like there's so much. And really, probably the more concerning thing what's going on is what's going on in Mexico at in at the border, but south of the border too, with the Mexican cartels and the drug, um, the the drug milling that's going on, the human smuggling, the rape of women involved in this human smuggling that's going across, um, the federal government and financially. <laughs> Like uh, um, promoting this to to it create creating an atmosphere where these cartels are now their market is a lot bigger for human smuggling because now with this kind of open border policy now now they're they're pushing more people to come over here and and how 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 are they getting over here by the fucking cartels by paying money per head per individual to smuggle these people across engaging in, in dangerous endeavors just to make the trip over here. And if you're a woman that's part of that journey, you are a prime target. Shall I elaborate further? I don't think so. But there's a lot of bad things going on around the world. However, us engaging in someone else's fucking bullshit between Russia and Ukraine, that's none of our business. And we are just involved, not directly, by funding $16 billion plus, and who knows what more we're going to, how much money we're going to push over there next week or the week after, by fueling the Ukrainians to engage in a war. Now, this is just not necessary. Afghanistan was, what, six, seven months ago. 13 service members died as a result of that. And what was it, like seven or nine civilians that died from that catastrophic airstrike, drone strike, that was authorized to take out the one suspect that we believed w was the mastermind or in charge of that operation that took place at Abbey Gate, where, that, where those 13 service members died. So the drone strike, the drone war is another thing, too. There's been so much collateral damage since Bush really pushed the drone strikes. It, it exacerbated increase under Obama and it didn't change under Trump it was still a thing but the, the collateral damage as a result is staggering and people should probably look that up and be looking at the United States government like why are we doing this why are we funding this horseshit 
But anyway, Russia, Ukraine, kind of the big thing that I've seen taking place in the news media is, well, it goes from this unprovoked war by Russia to now there's biological facilities there. Whether they're weapon facilities, I don't think so. Whether there are biological facilities, that is true. And now to this whole nuclear thing. And Russia is going to, will Russia, when will Russia, nuclear war, nuclear war. So the narrative keeps changing. But, and this is a very biased article, as I read in the article headline, and this is from, it's in Unite the Sun, it's a UK article. Um, Paranoid Putin and his inner circle, quote unquote, living in a top secret nuke bunkers, sparking fear of nuclear war. Um, the use of high security bunkers is alarming as suggests Putin may be preparing to deploy nuclear weapons, a move that would lead to inevitable reprisal. Movements of planes used by top Kremlin officials show Putin may be in a hideaway, hideaway near Surgut in Western Siberia. It is claimed his defense minister, Sergio, Shugi, I don't know, who has been mysteriously absent for several weeks, sparking rumors about his health. It is believed to be he is is believed to be in a bunker near Ufa in the Ural, 725 miles east of Moscow, said an investigative journalist Christo Gozev. The theory is backed by his daughter Kiesnia Shogia, visiting Ufaware, where she was pictured for perhaps three days from 22 March, as speculation was rife that the defense minister has suffered heart problems. She had she also abruptly she also abruptly barred public access to her Instagram where she had posed with her baby in the blue and yellow colors of Ukraine. That's weird. Gozev, who has links to British investigative outlet Bellingcat, said, I am absolutely sure Shogia Shogi is in a bunker. Tracking movement of his plane, we see very frequent flights to UFA. Knowing that there are also protected bunkers in this region, this gives an obvious answer about his place of residence. So it just kind of goes on to the speculation of that. But I'm going to read another article. So that was the sun from the United Kingdom. Here is a, where is it, another article that's kind of conflating the same thing. Um, Putin and cronies flee to secret bunkers and alarming sign war might turn nuclear. Now, I'm just kind of, I just want to question, like, I know... Putin put on his nuclear deterrence system units, whatever they are, on high alert. This was a while back ago. So everyone's been kind of like this, ooh, are they going to engage in nuclear war? I don't know. My concern about the media and how they conflate things is that it's going to be, it's, it's going to, it's going to push the American public and then our executive legislative branches into this, I don't know, pre- meditative movement to to do something and i don't know i just feel like there's this problem with the war narrative with the industrial war complex wanting to push for conflict and like i said this is just this has nothing to do with us this is this is something we need to be observing from afar and paying attention to but nothing to the movement of troops and f-22s i think it was just this reallocation of equipment and um, service members into Poland and other countries. 
So now we're working with them. We're doing war games, and it's just this. It's, it's heightened tensions. It's it's an escalation of force. It's it's an escal it's, a, it's a different posture taking place. And I don't know. This this is already a very mind-numbing thing to to witness with this Russia and Ukraine thing, Russia and Ukraine thing, and I don't know. My I tend to lean um, just this non we need to practice more of this isolationism and, and then we've in the last 20 or 30 years we've engaged in the last 20 years Iraq, Syria and Afghanistan we've engaged in so much conflict and people have died as a result of we spent so much money and we've harmed different opposition groups we fund we're working with the Taliban now we were funding ISIS forces in Syria that were in opposition to the Assad regime like we engage in these proxy wars all the time and we spend all this money like this is just like we're going to spend ourselves into infinity to we're going to spend ourselves to death part of the 16 billion dollars was part of this this bill this 1.3 trillion dollar bill that we passed a couple weeks ago and then now in the last couple of days, Biden has proposed what I think was a $5 trillion. Why are we, this, this, these, these massive bills to spend money that's going to ultimately save money in the end? I don't know. Like, I don't, we are just getting way too ahead of ourselves. And we just need to scale things back. And the representative government needs to be more representative and the executive branch needs to not be so authoritarian and the state governments need to have the freedom as governed in the constitution to freely dictate within the borders of their own confined boundaries as separate states. So, I don't know, this Russian-Ukraine thing, it's like this, what if nuclear war it's just weird how the narrative goes. From the biological weapons slash facilities to this nuclear war stuff. Is Putin hiding the bunker? No one knows. There's been propaganda on both sides from Russia and Ukraine and probably say propaganda here from news outlets here. Because there's just a lot of information. I just don't think a lot of people have a whole 100% know of the information that's, being, that's coming out, but then they're pushing this stuff. And I don't know. Maybe we are living in a heightened tension time similar to the 50s, 60s, and 70s, where nuclear war right now could potentially be a thing that could take place. I don't know. I don't, I tend to, to think it's not as serious. Maybe so. There's always a probability, but I tend to believe that it's not as serious. I don't know. But a lot of that's going on. And um, if the United States news outlets spend as much time covering the, the atrocities that are going on in Syria, in Yemen, in Libya, the Uyghur Muslims in China, like we, everyone would be up in arms in the same way that everyone's up in arms posting blue and yellow flags on their fucking social media accounts, promoting and pushing more U.S. involvement, and every, for the United States to get involved more, to Establish a no-fly zone, which is an act of war, and like all these different things. I just the only the only thing I had to offer to that because I'm very hesitant of war hawks, war mongers, 
that want to push this narrative when they know very little about it that the United States Army is hiring and if you really want to go to if you want to see this country go to war with Russia and get involved in this Russia Ukraine conflict then please go see your local recruiter that's all I have to say about that um, yep we are back to this more regular thing um, please comment please share if we are doing a good job if you think the things that we are saying makes any sense um, I don't think we um, abide by any political party or certain ideology. Um, Oliver and I are pretty common sense individuals. I think we tend to agree on a lot of things, maybe politically and socially. Obviously, there's disagreements upon us, and we have these very open conversations about it, and it's a very beautiful thing. Um, but, yeah, I think it's very, obviously, it's a lot easier to have conversations with people that you agree with, but um, the, I think the big push, and I and I think that everyone should agree on this. It's this, this individualism, this freedom, and this less corp this less crony government authoritarianism bullshit. Um, yeah, because I don't think it, no one really understands, and it's not like I'm an expert in this. Really understands like these 1.3, these two trillion dollar bills, these 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 things that these massive bills that we're passing, which there's going to be repercussions. We're seeing it now. But it's going to get more severe in the years to come. And, and I'm afraid that if we keep passing these trillions and trillions of dollars of bills and we get so much in debt and then we can't pay things off and inflation gets worse and gas doesn't go down, if we default on the dollar, well, we're in a world of fuckery. This is not going to get good. And then our dollars worth shit. And it'll be bad. And history always has a rhythm. And just because we think it that it can't happen here, well, fuck, it can't. I think people need to get more involved and just being more proactive and just more aware of the things that are going on and we demand accountability from elected people. And like I was saying earlier in my argument, earlier, I don't lean any particular party or ideology I really do think a libertarian approach and a third-party intervention into the politics and the election system that's going on, it's a be a healthy dosage of medicine that m would do, I think, a lot, a lot of good in the short and long term. And then more accountability from your elected representatives and a very smaller government. Because I believe that most people would not agree with spending more tax dollars on the government that's going to create more agencies just to spy on you. That's what they're doing. But like I said, if you like what we do, please like it. Please five star it on Spotify. Please share it. Please tell friends and family about us. We're here to talk freedom and bullshit and call out the, the nonsense that's taking place here in the world and just to have free open dialogue. Because that seems to be a, uh, a thing on the crosshairs nowadays. Um, I don't know. Um, to do a little promo, because now I've had enough viewership on Anchor, where I need a lot more viewership too. This is a hobby. I would love to get a dollar from this. And that's obviously the goal. As I... I'm anticipating leaving one job that I'm currently in now once my obligation is expired. 
and I'm trying to pursue a more free lifestyle and pursue my passions. Um, but yeah, it's ending off with this. If you're looking to do a podcast, if you want to have conversations and get your word out there, Anchor is an awesome way. I am a complete moron and idiot when it comes to technology, things like YouTube, the internet, so on and so forth. I tend to make a bigger deal out of certain things because I don't have a full no knowledge of or whereabouts of, but sometimes you just got to walk in the dark and then you'll find the light. Um, the podcasting thing, I started uh, on my f on just using the speaker on my phone and then the Anchor app, and it was introduced to me by someone who at the gym who was telling me about they were starting their podcast. It's a free thing. You just download it. You start recording. You can put things together. There's a simple like editing process. It's not really a full editing thing, but you can kind of move things around and cut things and kind of add some intros and outros. It's very interesting. It's very simple. And then you just start recording. It's awesome, and it, t and it puts it right on Spotify, too, which is awesome. So that's what I'm using, Anchor and Spotify. Anchor is awesome. Check it out. But like I said, if you like what we do, please like and follow us on Instagram. That's where mostly where we're heavily, heavily on. I'm moving to, gra moving to gravitate towards YouTube here soon. I will – we have Twitter, Defend Podcast, Instagram, this will defend. We're going to go to YouTube. It will be visual, video, visual, along with the audio. So we're trying to expand operations and just kind of make this a thing. This is fun, but like I said, if this makes me, if I get paid to do the things I like to do, then, you know, then you've made it somewhere in life, I believe. Um, but anyway, that's all for this today's episode on freedom and open discussions on the different things that are going on in the world, politics, philosophy psychology, all those good things. Until next time, we'll see all you sons of bitches later.